Welcome to House of Brands. This podcast was recorded on Thursday the 18th of June 2020, while we were in lockdown and the club is shut. Thanks to Joe Heaney for suggesting the name of this podcast, and for all the members who've made their own suggestions and voted on the final outcome. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to the House of Rams podcast. We're using this format as a quick and easy way to find out what's going on in the club and hear direct from those running the show for us. We hope you enjoy this instalment. Today we are joined by Chris McFerrin. I've known Chris since I first joined the club and we've worked together on the exec and shared many a discussion over the years. We even managed to meet up at the Dubai Sevens a year or so ago. It, it was quite warm out there, Chris, wasn't it? It was. Um, thankfully, we were serviced at lots of um, uh, hospitality beers, I think, from Ray. Ray yeah. Nudu. <laughs> so that, that helped the cause. It did. It got us through, didn't it? It got us through. Um, so we got to start off this uh, podcast today. We've just got a few quick fire uh, questions, um, and if we go through those pretty quickly, and then we'll slow the pace down and just get into a bit more detail. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So, how are, how young are you? Uh, well, I'm the ripe old age of uh, 65, uh, 66 this year, uh, but at the moment, 65. I'm hanging on to it. <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, so, um, yeah, you tell us about your immediate family. I, I know James is a roofer. My roof started leaking just a couple of days ago, and uh, hopefully, I'm going to see him soon to give me a give me a hand to fix that. Um, oh, don't, but, don't tell Brookin. Don't tell Brookin. <laughs> yeah, he's waiting for a job and all. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. We'll keep that quiet. So, so who, who else is in your immediate family? Well, of course, there's my my good lady, uh, Sue. Um, been married for what 45 years uh, this year. Um, known her since I was six. We're both 16. Um, and yeah, she she's she works at the Harlow Hospital, Princess Alexandra, in the maternity department. Um, she's we're discussing her retirement from work. So, um, but uh, yeah, she she's she's a good good uh, good stick, as they say. Um, got two sons, um, Gavin. 37. He's um, he's currently in Perth, in Australia, enjoying the sunshine. He went on travels with uh, one of his girlfriends. Um, ended up in in Australia, which was the plan. Uh, but what wasn't planned was the fact that they unfortunately parted company. Um, he stayed. Uh, he's been out there for a number of years now. But he's actually uh, got uh, citizenship, and he's a fully fledged um, Aussie uh, passport and everything. So. Um, he's, he's, he's doing okay for himself. Desperate to come home and have a cuddle, but um, you know, and hopefully we'll be able to get out to him soon once all this COVID stuff's been dealt with. Yep. And of course, as you've already mentioned, we've got James. Um, James being 34. Um, sure, he'd like me to be on nine people with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, both, of course, played for the club, and Gavin was the main re- the first reason why I ended up at the club. Uh, he went there from school, um, and as we all do, stood on the touchline as a dad, reminiscent of all the other dads, and then suddenly where we were, ended up sort of playing into uh, 15 at the time. Um, yeah, and, and James obviously has uh, been a first-team player. Um, keeps on mentioning that he might come back, but um, as we all youngsters these days, unfortunately, they work for themselves, and uh, you know, through injuries and things of that sort, can be quite uh, quite a harsh decision, uh, but. Yeah, he, he's. Uh, hopefully, we we'll see him on the park. Yeah, uh, one day soon. Yeah, tell him yeah, to hurry up. Uh, You're a long time retired. So. <laughs> <laughs> because um, it, with 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 James, uh, Gavin 
play, uh, say it was under 13 level, when we only done under 13s, um, that's where we started him. But James was playing for the under 13s when he was nine. So um, <laughs> it just shows you uh, the rules and regulations have changed somewhat. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit indeed. So um, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're 65, 66 soon, have you retired now or have you, have you still got a day job? <clears throat> uh, well, I, I got made redundant four years ago. Um, having, having spent close on to 30 years with the company. Um, basically, I was a sales rep, I was a company representative, uh, selling uh, hygiene. Um, I was offered redundancy, uh, and after all that time, and uh, I, I decided that, yeah, take the money and run, um, as a, the company was going through a restructure, and it didn't sit quite with the old. The old. So a few of us decided to up sticks and walk away from it. Um, since then, uh, I was like so semi-retired, worked for myself, um, and I've been teaching uh, facility management, particularly cleaning and hygiene, uh, for the British Institute of Clean Science um, as a contractor. And hence, you referred to it when we met in Dubai. Um, I was actually out there working, uh, teaching uh, some of the contract cleaning companies out there. Um, so, so some, skills, that was, some skills that might come in handy shortly. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, Primarily, that's since since the move, since we. But I've always been involved in the cleaning here yeah. in the old place. I'd clear up most of the mess, um, or, or get stuck in, put it that way. Um, and and yeah, um, everything that we're doing at the moment, like we're, uh, I, I'm I'm sort of trying to help steer it, and sure. we're getting it right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's me. You know. Yeah. So good. What what rugby teams have you supported over the years? Um, well, strange enough, um, I, obviously Harlow. Uh, first and foremost, um, and, and I guess Saracens from a distance, um, other than our connection uh, from the junior side of things, um, and we had lots of youngsters we continue to do so, have youngsters go through their academies. Um, and across England, um, obviously being a British Englishman, and in terms of any other team, uh, the only thing I would say is any other team that beats Wales. <laughs> you had to get that one in today, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I almost. I said, haven't you supported Wales at some point? I mean, I'm sure we had some uh, some Welsh lions that you you had to cheer on at one point or another. <laughs> um, I'm sure, but I didn't actually sort of um, see him in that vein at all. <laughs> Fair enough. I just Fair enough. That, you know the lions. You know the lion and rep to me is, is English. Oh right, okay, English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you have you got a nickname and how did you get that nickname? Oh well, crikey. Um, one of the most obvious nicknames. I get me called many things. Let's be honest. I get called many things. Um, however, uh, one that I will answer to is and gets referred to as Big Mac, and and dare I say that's not for my love of uh, McDonald's, but. Um, <laughs> Purely because obviously with my surname as it is and equally um, the size. Um, you know, but yes, I, I get called all sorts of things. <laughs> and I, I answer most, I answer to most of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but Big Mac seems to have been the one that's stuck over the years. Uh-huh. And what, what, do you, um, what do you love about rugby? Um, it's a camaraderie um, out, out, out of everything. You know, it's literally um, getting on the when we played, getting on the pitch, um, running around, helping each other out, uh, playing as a team. Um, you know, the after-match uh, celebrations or commiserations that go with it, and, and then of course, obviously, you know, it's that family participation uh, that I think it, we 
we enjoy it at Harlow. Um, I don't. I, I, do you get it in football? I guess foot, footballers or football teams will say they do. Um, but obviously, I'm not party to that. I can only reflect on what I see and know. And, and I think, yes, it's the camaraderie that we have. Um, again, our bands are between different nations, different teams, but we all, we're all there for the same purpose. Yeah. Um, and of course, it is that family participation, as it is with your sons. You know, you've got your yeah. sons there. You know, you've got Linda, your wife gets involved with the club um, in many different ways. Uh, my Sue got involved, you know, and it's, it's, it's I, I don't know, I, I think it's priceless. Yeah. So, no, I, I certainly can relate to all of that. Now, yeah. with that camaraderie, you've been on a few tours. Some of them have been youth. Some of them, I think, have been senior tours as well. Do you, do you, have, a, do you have a favourite tour? Um, well, I think there's a couple. Um, the Heineken Amsterdam Sevens always springs to mind. Um, one as a senior. There's a crowd of us went for there for that. The other was um, I managed to take a Colts team to the Heineken Anstan Sevens uh, for a rugby tour, uh, which actually, dare I say, didn't actually involve playing rugby. Um, <laughs> Sometimes they're the best kind of tools. <laughs> uh, how I got away with it, having sought permission from being executive, I don't know. Because uh, there I am these days asking for uh, the form filling. Um, but no, it was, uh, there's some good experience. And of course, there was the club one, uh, which I remember, which was down to Newquay where we took the senior team and the then Colts team um, who stayed in a separate hotel um, to us. Um, but again, that was a, a, a particular interesting tour because I was able to play with both both Gavin and James in, in a game at the time. But um, yeah, it was, they're just two, two, two particular tours that I, I sort of look, look, look back on. Excellent. Well, do you know what? Two, two reflections on that. I came back from my first senior tour to Sligo and on the plane on the way home, some other uh, rugby team were touring at the same time and we got chatting to them and they went, what, well, you went and ruined your rugby tour by playing games and by winning them? <laughs> Well, that's dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and secondly, um, yeah, I mean, that new key tour, both uh, James and Gavin, I think I was on the pitch with them at the same time, and they, yeah, were, yeah. they, were, they were the centres working together, uh, and uh, it was quite good to see them playing off each other. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, you're, in, you're in a position where you've got your, your, your boys, and, and hopefully you'll be able to, to be able to, to have that moment when you, you're on the same pitch. Mm -hmm. I know, I know uh, the Clarks, you know, Mix and, and the boys, you know, that they again have had that, that experience and, and it is it is something to, 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 to cherish, yeah. certainly. Yeah, no, indeed. Uh, even if, you, even if you, know, you only do last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Play as long as you can. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so, so when was the last time you played rugby? Was that, was that the last time? Oh, crikey. Last time was probably about um, 16... Well, anything 16 to 18 years ago, I think. Um, I, I started late. Um, as I say, I started as a dad on the touchline. Um, Chris Locke coming up to putting a hand on your shoulder and saying, what are you doing on Saturday? Uh, next thing you're running around. And, and then, yeah, I just continued to sort of... Um, but I guess I hung my boots up about 16 years ago. Um, yeah. Then I, then I started doing refereeing and running touch for the first time. Oh, yeah, yes, of course, yeah. Yeah, done that for a while. Uh-huh. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay. Um, 
let's let's sort of change tack now and talk about your your role as honorary secretary at the club. My understanding of that is that you are responsible for all the administration tasks that all, all those tasks that the club need to do. Um, it sounds to me like there's a lot. I certainly know from the, the team I'm working with, the under 15s, is that there is an awful lot of administration just with that. Um, how do you stay on top of all the admin for the whole club? Um, I think um, I'm very fortunate in as much that the way we as a club have evolved, a lot of, there are a number of tasks that have um, uh, sort of been pushed downwards, if you like, not on purpose, but purely because uh, people want to, to do that. Um, as I say, and I think, um, you, know, you know, we're very fortunate that, again, we get plenty of mums involved and we've got plenty of dads involved as well. And they all want to take on a, a play a part. And, and the more work we can push down their way, um, is it? so my, my role as club secretary seems to be more about making sure that we're legally um, compliant. Um, that we have um, various things are in place. Um, I say be there as a soundbite for uh, various um, elements, whether that be membership, safeguarding, um, even on the team side of things. Um, if I can step in a meeting and help out and, and maybe put a suggestion, um, because why reinvent the wheel? You know, it's um, a lot of these tasks that we undertake have been done time and time again. Um, I think sometimes we can tie ourselves up in administration, um, and let's not forget what we're there for, and that is to have fun, uh, first and foremost, um, and to ensure that both seniors and children um, are, are get, enjoying that side of it. So, um, yeah, so I just look at compliance and make sure that we're, we're, we're in that, that sort of um, area. You know, we're doing the right thing. Um, again, you know, if somebody goes off in a tangent, let them do it. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, but again, the RFU have improved things greatly. There's loads of uh, stuff on the RFU. We haven't got to go rewriting things. It's, it's just got to do a search. Many clubs, as we do, have things on websites which we can a bit of plagiarism, um, yeah. uh, and it seems to sort of work quite nicely. And but we are very fortunate in, with in Harlow, that we clubs coming to us and seeking our, our guidance, our advice, our input. Um, so you know, that's a feather in everyone's cap. That's that's not just the executive's cap. That's that's across the board. You know, so 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 we we, we do well. You know. Yeah. Sure. So what would you say you spend most of your time on in in that role? Um. <laughs> Bit of a busybody, I guess. Um, <laughs> now, I'm I'm a great believer in empowering people. I, I it's, there's one word I, I I love, and I got that from Graham Richards when he first came to us as as um, director of rugby. Uh, team and T E A M, which is together, everyone achieves more. I also like uh, the word empowerment, and and you know, if somebody comes up with an idea. Such of you, such as you with this podcast, you've come forward, you've applied yourself. Hey, why should we, uh, you know, put obstacles in the way? Let's go with it. Um, so if we can empower people, um, but we need those people to come forward. Mm -hmm. and, and dare I say, that is probably uh, 
an area that does take up a lot of time is trying to encourage people to come forward and do the tasks that are in the background. Um, you know, not everything is standing in front of children shouting at them, telling them to pass <laughs> the ball to the left or the right or go down or whatever it is. You know, it is about some of the menial tasks that have to be uh, done, and especially where we are now. We, we, we are up the ante now. We are, we're, we're, we're semi-professional in our operation, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, most yeah. certainly. We not, might not be professional on the, on the pitch as such, but we're, we are very semi-almost professional in our operation, you know, so, so yeah, uh, so that's really what's going on yeah. at the moment. Okay, okay. Um, so, I mean, clearly we've come into a sort of unforeseen uh, sort of area at the moment. We didn't, no one signed up to try and manage our affairs in the, in the case of a pandemic. Um, so, what, what did you get involved with, um, with the coronavirus? I think you're, you're on one of the teams that have been looking after certain things aren't you yeah uh as soon as we the coronavirus uh, came to light and um we we could sort of see where this was perhaps going with lockdowns and things like that um i i pulled together a team that team initially consisted of um, alan brooking to look uh, looking at facility um paul tucker from the rugby side of things um and of course myself from a, a an overview in terms of administration and, and so on and Again, it was to um, take away the, the, the responsibility, to make it more focused. Because, uh, as you know, we had a, an unfortunate, um, some uh, one of our volunteers uh, caught, caught the virus. Yeah. Um, so that required immediate action. Um, but again, that was more about uh, carrying out an internal investigation, where, what, contacts, and so on and so forth. Uh, but also... Um, it was about fending off the uh, media, uh, which you believe within a, a day of it becoming public knowledge, um, I was receiving phone calls. Um, you know, people asking, can we have the name of the person? Where were they? Who? And, and I just closed them down. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't quite uh, give an indication of the language I used, but I, I said, no, this is not about, it's not for the public domain. Um, and, you know, because um, it, at that time, um, it would be unfair on the individual. It was, you know, moving into you know, personal um, territory. Mm-hmm. We couldn't have that. Um, so yeah, so we, we just literally got our heads together, made some decisions, um, harsh decisions in terms of closing the club down, uh, going through all the. Um, I guess like the rest of the country, we we didn't quite know what was, you know, we were taking advice, but was it yeah. the right advice, mm-hmm. and so on. So we had to sort of sift through that. Um, and the club went into lockdown, as we know, obviously uh, disappointing. Um, however, uh, we're, we're sort of coming through that. We've started to do all sorts of jobs. Um, I'm, I'm back over there regularly, uh, getting the, some of the detailed cleaning done, such as the carpets. <laughs> it was almost how we left it, but um, yeah, we, we had to secure the building. That was first yeah. and foremost. Um, and, and again, um, yeah, so we're, so we're getting back. Um, we, we've liaised with, with plenty of agencies. Um, Alan Brookings has been, been uh, doing things on a daily basis. So, so again, uh, we've bounced things off each other. It is, it is about that's how we work. You know, really, I think we we talk to each other regularly. We bounce things off of each other. Um, 
I say Paul's looking after the as chair of rugby, looking after the the field side of, of things. Mm-hmm. I know guys are keen to get back to training, but it's got to be controlled. It's you know got to do it in a phased manner, um, and, and because the overriding factor is what the government allows us to do. Um, our advice is coming from the hospitality trade, mm-hmm. um, PH, um, PHE, Public Health England, um, and of course the RFU. Um, so, and we've got so many different elements to our our club now. You know, you have the social side, you have the the you know, the, the, the the income side, should we say, and of course you've got the social social side, which is very key to what we do. Um, but it's all got to be managed and, and come back. Um, you know, I guess we'll all come back stronger for this, whichever happens. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, what do, I mean, it's difficult to say, but I was going to, uh, my next question was going to be, what do you expect to happen next? What, what do you think people will start to see in the next two or three weeks? Well, I would like to say it's going to be next two or three weeks. All right, the next week. <laughs> next week, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all these different dates sort of going mm. back because, again, we've got two sides to our operation. As I said, you've got the hospitality and you've got um, you know, the actual physical side of rugby. Um, now, I know on the rugby side, they've introduced you know, certain guidelines in terms of how many people can train together and some of the drills that you can achieve. Um, but again, it's a question of when will the season start? You know, But I'm sure when you come to do a podcast with Paul and that, you'll get more information. So I'll leave it perhaps to them to... Yeah. to discuss in more detail. But from our point of view, uh, either facility, as I say, we're going through the regime at the moment in, in looking at um, mapping out uh, the route through the clubhouse, accessibility, uh, which toilets we can safely say we can use, what we can't, where we may want people, where the congestion areas are within the club. Um, and, of course, that's changing. As, as we keep hearing news reports, um, one minute they're talking about two meters then it could be a meter and a half um and of course that meter and a half that half meter rather can actually dramatically put change your plan um, it can it can i saw today yeah. that northern ireland uh, are reducing it to a meter gap uh, yeah and uh, and that sort of thing so I, I do appreciate that these things change very very quickly um and our plans therefore have to be adjusted <laughs> does that mean that sorry go on chris so what I was going to say was uh, something we touched on today in discussion was that, um, uh, and I've been I've seen evidence of it. I've been party party to it. That you know if we talk about selling alcohol, for instance, um, yeah, that's great, one or two beers. But once people have a few more beers, their inhibitions are suddenly gone. Therefore, they want to get closer to each other. They get you know suddenly what discipline we've had in place by maintaining the distance, whichever it be. Because the alcohol is taken over, the inhibitions are lost. But the, but who's going to police it? And it's going to come down to us, you know, to police it. And then of course we're then, now they seen as the the bad people. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it it has to be done, unfortunately, you know. But in a, as long as it's done in the right manner, and I think as long as we people fully understand what we our aims are, because our aim is to get the club back up and running as soon as possible yeah no question for that 
So, so we, what we we got some got to balance up the people that are coming and have one or two beers, and maybe we get some people around that uh, spread a few people around the clubhouse that maybe drink twelve or thirteen and just sit still all the time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll balance it up. <laughs> it could work. It could work. But we're, we're, let's be honest, we're fortunate. We've got the outside space. We have, yeah, um, got great outside uh, space. So, so we, we have. What we need, of course, is is the weather to go with that. But I'm sure, I'm sure it will work. Um, mm. and, and we just ask people to be patient. You know, we yeah. are doing everything we can. So I imagine you've had to do quite a few risk assessments or and then redo those. Um, yeah, uh, again, there's, there's, um, the hospitality uh, 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 trade have, have got their, they've got uh, their templates, which we've had. Again, um, Alan's spent some time going through those. We, we've spoken through. But, you know, we've broken it down. The first and foremost, you've got the staff um, and uh, staff actually aren't our paid staff. You know, it doesn't include just them. It includes our volunteers. Um, so we have to look at um, you know the coaches. Um, everybody has a volunteering role within the club. Um, we have to, to sort of treat them in the same manner as we would a paid member of staff. Um, so we have to do sort of risk assessment. So we're breaking it down. So you've got staff generally, you've got bar service or bar staff. Um, then of course you've got contractors, uh, customer, um, whether, you know, they'd be sort of um, just social members or, or full members, as it were. Mm. Then of course we've got the facilities. Um, so it's we already have risk assessments in place. What we've actually needed to do is to do uh, a little bit more specific, but enhance what we've already got in place. You know, so um, it's it's not been that as difficult as some think uh, it can be but as always you have to do a risk assessment yeah it's a constant it's a constant uh, task isn't it yeah i understand um, yeah. so what would you say is your biggest challenge at the club at the moment the, 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 the things that you're you're spending most of your time on um well, I, I did. It, I, I, I just took after the building. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that I, I tend to do. I try to do what I can. Um, little odd jobs here and there. Um, obviously, we try to put the call out to get some volunteers to help with some gardening, um, whether that be litter picking, um, and so on and so forth. But, um, but yeah, it, it's I. I, I don't see myself as being um, sort of running out of time of anything in terms of work, you know, or tasks. If it's there to be done, if it's to be picked up, pick it up. That's what I do. You said, yeah, you said, you said earlier you were quite keen on empowering people to to do things, and and it sort of implied yeah. that um, if there's a job that needs to be done and someone notices that a job needs to be done, then if they do it. Um, Brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it, it's got done. Just uh, to yeah, stay in touch e with you. E equally, if we've got to give, give them the tools to do the job, and I don't mean physical tools, but uh, you know, the support, you know, the guidance, um, you know, so be it. You know, uh, you know, we've got plenty of garden areas now outside. Uh, Steve Foreman, as you know, is tasked with trying to, to recruit more and more volunteers into different uh, job roles. Mm -hmm. um, we we have advertised, um, but they are sort of, um, you know, I say few and far between. You know, there, there's a job for everybody, um, 
whether you whether you've got a family member playing rugby or not, there is a job for someone. Um, literally, you know, the person that runs the water bottles onto the pitch is as, as important as the coach who's standing on the touchline directing the boys or girls running up and down the park. Yeah. yeah everyone's got that part to play. Uh-huh. I mean, if you, if you could have an extra pair of hands doing your job at the moment, um, what would you want those hands to do? I mean, you mentioned gardening and litter picking and, and stuff like that, but is there uh, anything else that, that that sort of you think that that would be really helpful if I could have someone give me a hand doing this? Uh, no. Uh, it's a, a difficult one in the one I see, Paul, uh, because I'm not afraid to go approach people to do specific jobs mm-hmm. as and when they're required. <laughs> I'll just go and confront them, get them in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. so, so I haven't got this sort of suddenly this this big list that I've got to do. I've got plenty of uh, colleagues, as I like to call them that, whom I can uh, I go and talk to. Um, you know, um, I, I go and sort of um, I've got my confidence in terms of whom I will go and talk to and discuss. Um, yeah, you know, just make sure I'm 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 on the right track for certain things. Um, you know, I'm sort of constantly sort of looking at different things. Um, what we can we improve them? Invariably, by the time I thought about it and wanting to start implementing it, someone else is beating me to it. And fantastic, you know. Uh, if I can help out, I will. You know. So, I, I think again, my role is is more about support rather than being supported. If I think that's sure. I'd like. no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be one of those questions I ask a number of people, I think. But if the club had unlimited funds, which is a bit of a pipe dream, especially at the moment. But if we did, um, what would you, um, or what do you believe we should invest in? Well, 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 lights up the path. <laughs> well, up the path and an extra pitch would be handy, wouldn't it? So, um... Wow, yeah, it just shows us that we've got all this land now and we still still run out of space at times. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I really don't know. Um, I don't know. If, if somebody came to the club with a, 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 a sack full of money, I think they would expect, um, unfortunately, going this day and age, they would expect to have a say in how that's spent. Um, so, I, if I if I had good monies for the club, I would like to ensure that you know we're, we're able to remain as we are. If you understand what I'm saying, um, there's part of me that says that maybe, 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 at uh, some point in the future, um, you know, there's that professionalism that might 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 steer its way towards us. Um, you know, could could we be sucked up? By, by something I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know we're we're a bloody good amateur club. You know, we we really are. We're, we're the dual. You know, we we say it ourselves, but you know we need to say it more to ourselves and recognise ourselves that we are the jewel in the crown for for, for uh, you know uh, for the county um, in, in what we do, how we do it. We've always have been. Um, you know, we, we've got many a member. Dave Sharp, you knew, you know Dave really well. Yeah, um, was has been the the instigator of many a system, many a a, 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 a thing that goes on to this day in a slightly different format. Um, 
it was Harlow that formed the Green King Merit Tables, uh, along with Bishop Stortford. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Up. No. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, that yeah. came. That, oh, okay, quick one. That came about um, again at full team level. We were, as we do, got many a game cancelled, uh, lack of players, all sorts of reasons. Um, and it was your dad, uh, who at the time was club secretary. I had a discussion with him because I was full team captain at the time, and, and also um, um, player manager, as we called it then. And this is and, my, my dad as club secretary got involved in this. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we don't talk much. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, and he came up with the idea. He said, well, why don't you get a sort of merit thing going? So Brian Varney, who was my um, opposite number on, on, on the front row, because uh, we both played prop, um, he and I went off to uh, Bishop Stalford, met up with a guy in particular. I can remember the one guy's name, Joe Clark. Um, and we had a discussion and we got together and we we then came up with the idea of a merit table. It then got swallowed up and became sponsored by Green King and um, John Hurley did a cup up, the first cup we ever had, uh, and it snowballed. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, that's one small bit that we've done, uh, but it still thrives today in one form or another. Um, equally, uh, say Dave Sharp, he, he put together the... Um, the player exchange, the or, or, or fixed exchange, fixture, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and then from that there was the player exchange. People, players that were looking for games, when uh, that was developed, um, you know. So we we've got a lot, or put it this way, other clubs have got a lot to thank Arlo for. <laughs> Blimey. Well, there we go. Well, I, you learn something new every day, and I've been around a while, um, but uh, there we go. I didn't know that. Um, so, uh, anything else with your role at the moment that you think our members would be interested or anything else that you're working on that um, we should share with them today? Uh, no, uh, only as much that um, I, um, obviously, I'm, I'm very fortunate to work with an executive that is very proactive um, in terms of the, you know, the numbers. Uh, obviously, we've devolved um, the way in which we work a little bit. We have some subcommittees, you know, the club committee, um, the finance sort of committee. So, so those things have sort of, um, not to say watered down, that's wrong, but uh, they've been devolved down to more manageable and more focused uh, rather than in the old days where it was just uh, a group of people, the exec that controlled, they also controlled that right word, uh, but covered everything off um, and found that they didn't have time to do anything I think um, you know, the, the way we, we operate at the moment, uh, we, we seem to have it uh, quite you know, in, in the right format. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so from my perspective, you know, I, I, I look more at the facility, the actual operation uh, operation of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got Tracy, who's obviously leading it from the exec point of view, so, so she's very focused on, on terms of the way in which the, the exec is working. Um, everything else. So, so I'm, it allows me as an individual to get stuck into, um, you know, working on the facility side. So, so I, I, I sort of work, you know, look, looking after the, the building, as I said before, um, ensuring that we've got the insurance in, in place. Uh, we've worked alongside Ken Potter, who again, again, is utilising the people's skills. You know, Ken works in that industry, so um, he understands our requirements. Um, so, so rather than me 
battle my way through it. Um, we can get on with it, and again, yeah. very thankful for that. So sure. again, you know, people doing different jobs in the background. Okay, okay, now good. Um, now a few uh, questions came in, or t just a couple of questions. One uh, came in from Jay Clark, which was about when will the bar open, uh, and we've alluded to we don't exactly know, but. What would you? What would your be your best stab? Uh, and, and no one's going to hold you to this. But what would be your your best stab about when that might happen? Okay. Well, thanks first of all to Jay for the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a question I'm burning on everybody's lips. Is um, well, I've I've got to sit on the fence here in some respect. Um, it is we will open as when we are allowed to open. Um, we're endeavouring to you know we've got various dates in mind. Uh, there's been the 4th of July has been bounced around by the government, um, but I, I, it's put, you know, 1st of August is, is, is another date. Um, we, we have one or two dates in mind, but again, it's a few things have come in uh, from, from the government, from Public Health England, which have made us or made us look at it again a few times. So, um, and, and I think an announcement did actually go out to suggest that when we would envisaged opening um, but again it's um, the first bit will be from the rugby side for training I think that's going to be from the mm -hmm. social side in terms of bars and things like that that will come slightly later uh, but but we are getting to the point where we will be able to formally announce <laughs> when, when we can can open thankfully because yeah. obviously income it's, it's all part of the income yeah. as well as the sociability of it all sure now the other question that came in is that you you've been known to don a uh, rugby club bow tie from time to time at some of our more formal events. Uh, where can we get one of those bow ties, and uh, uh, how does that work? Right, well they are available. They are held behind the bar. Obviously, unfortunately, the bar is closed at the moment. But um, if if the said person wants is keen to get one ASAP, um, just get them to PM me, and uh, we get it sorted out. But they are they are available. Oh, um, good. Yeah, good. We, we introduced the bow tie. I think uh, we had a, a formal dinner, um, and somebody came up with the idea. So again, I like you. I went off and done it, ordered them, got mm. them in. <laughs> so, Fantastic. So yeah. uh, just uh, two final questions now. First of all, uh, what makes you proud about our club? I mean, I think you've alluded to some of those points uh, along the way. But uh, what really what really makes you feel really connected to our club? I think it's the respect that um, we have for one another. It comes down to this camaraderie, which I said, the family values that we, we uh, enjoy um, and encourage. Um, and obviously, I, I guess the diversity that we have now within the club. You know, you, you can remember when we first started, uh, or the girls' teams first started, uh, there I say, ashamedly, it's probably seen as a bit of a joke. Um, but again, they, they've battled on, they, and, and they've proven to be uh, a f majorly important uh, part of, of the club as a, as a whole. Since we've moved, um, we've become a social centre for Harlow. Um, we all say we all. That's wrong. We don't all know. But for the long battles that uh, went on in order to uh, before we moved to, to Latin Park. Uh, the battles with um, local residents at various parts of the town centre, uh, local authority, councillors, and so on and so forth. Uh, 
It took now, a while. It took a while. It, didn't it? it took a while, but um, and there's many people to thank for that, of course. Um, but um, you know, you can just see the pride of, uh, on people's face when they come to the club. Um, you know, every day I go there, uh, I'm in awe of something. Um, and yeah. Okay. Uh, and obviously, we've got good history, which yeah. is important. Yeah. And what what are you really looking forward to when we come out of this? Um, this period of our lives and this period of time that maybe might get scrubbed from history from a looking back point of view. What are you really looking forward to as we move out of it? Um, don't wish it to sound a bit cliche, but I, I would hope that when we come back, we'll get back to the club, that we uh, don't just take things for granted. Um, as was shown by the general public at the commencement of, of lockdown, you know, plenty of people were helping neighbours. You could go for a walk along the, the local cycle tracks. Everybody was pleasant to each other, acknowledging people. And, and sometimes we don't do that. And I would hope that you know, we can continue to do that at the club, that we give time and space for everybody. You know, um, and, and, I, and I think uh, you know, a lot of people need, 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 need that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. No. Uh, hopefully, some of that spirit will continue, and uh, our club will thrive as a as a result. Mm. Um, so, just before I, I, I sort of wrap that up, now we we are. Um, this is this is the first time you've been interviewed for a podcast. This is the first time uh, I've interviewed someone for a podcast, or even been on a podcast myself. So, uh, we're no longer virgins. We can say that we've 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 come out the other side. Uh, and got uh, I've got a bloody long memory for that one. I think. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's nice to lose our virginity together. There we go. But uh, uh, okay, cool. don't go too far on that one. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you very much for your time today. And and uh, before, just, before like, we go, before we do actually go, Paul, can, can I? You asked me about what was my favourite uh, tours and things, but I I, I just like to put one in there which is uh, my favourite event um, at the club of all time uh, was the fact that I can remember um, we, we had an event at the club and dare I say, I, what I fondly remember is uh, a certain person standing at the bar during the course of the evening. <laughs> I know where you're going with, with, <laughs> with, with their head in their hands yeah. and just crying and saying what the hell have I done? Um, uh, obviously, like tours, what goes on tour stays on tour. And so that's, I, I guess, that, that's a story. Sh- I'm sure someone has to buy both you and I a beer to get any uh, I, I information. Think, I think we, yeah. we, we could have a few points on that, and I we look could, forward yeah. to it. So, yeah, yeah. So let's, 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 let's do that. Yeah, yeah let's, let's leave it like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. So I'd also just yeah, like to fun. say a, a sort of final thank you. Ellen Brookin has been helping me um, with the podcast, think about the format for today and think about how we're going to get this published. We don't know how long it's going to take to get it up there and out there to everyone at the moment because we haven't done it before. But uh, without Ellen's help, I, I wouldn't be having this conversation today. It'd probably be in a good few weeks' time. So thank you That's to good. Ellen for her help there as well. Yeah, there we go. That's the that's the end of our uh, first podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, see you soon at the club, everybody. Great stuff. Thank you for listening to the House of Rams podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and found it interesting. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please get in touch through Facebook or email me direct with your thoughts. If you'd like to appear 
on one of our podcasts or showcase what you're doing at the club, please email me on paulowenynan at gmail.com or contact me through Facebook. Watch out for our next release and thanks for listening.